It's disturbing to imagine foster kids being abused and communities inflicted with violence. Just try picturing your street corner filled with gangs, drugs, and prostitution. If that's not your neighborhood, then it's easier to ignore the stories you're about to hear. We introduced K.G. Wilson in episode number 24, Tragedy on Speed Dial, where we learned how he uses street vigils to lead the community to come together and provide a response to the reality of living in the hood, since they see violence and heartache every day. KG is a peace activist who brings a positive, loving, caring message to those without hope. And he's been doing that for over 13 years. After spending an afternoon with him, we knew that all of his stories weren't going to fit neatly into a single episode. This is part two of three. Today, you'll hear about how God redeemed KG's past as a gang member to make a difference in the lives of others. It wasn't enough to just listen to KG's stories from a safe distance. He challenged us to take part in a street ministry event. So, on a beautiful fall day, we joined KG and a number of others on the corner of Franklin and Chicago. He told us this is one of the most notorious spots in Minneapolis for drugs, gangs, and prostitution. It was eye-opening to witness people smoking crack right there at the bus stop. We were there mainly to learn and pray, and it was a privilege to pray with a half dozen or more people. Our hearts broke as several of them shared their stories. Through tears, one man spoke of being sober for over a year and had just recently slipped back into drug use again. Right there, seemingly on the devil's doorstep, we couldn't help but see the contrast. On the one hand, this was a park known for drug deals, addiction, violence. But that day, it was filled with passionate prayers, gospel-inspired music, and stories of God freeing people. There was even dancing. It felt like a spiritual battlefield, but we never felt afraid. There was hope on the street corner that afternoon. God transformed how we looked at that park. We pray in a different way for those neighborhoods, and we long for God to keep pouring out his power and freedom there. KG has firsthand experience with the drugs, gangs, and violence that we've spoken of in the last episode. His story gives him credibility on the street. But even more than that, his genuine love for people opens doors to share what God did to get him out of that life. He's not afraid to put his arm around people on the street. And at the same time, he's not afraid to speak truth to them. Now let's go back and listen to part two of KG's interview. Our young people uh, became not religious and not spiritual. And when that happened, all H-E-L-L broke loose. 
now they have turned and made uh, their God drugs. And a lot of us are left with scars. And some are different, you know, and, uh, but, but uh, they're a testimony. Scars uh, show where we've been, but they don't determine where we're going. is so powerful and then how he told the disciples when he was leaving you know when they said Jesus what are we going to do without you and he said you will do greater works than I so God knew that this book of instructions was placed here because we came here disassembled meaning we were born in sin and shaped in so we needed some instructions because we came here disassembled. Welcome to Long Story Short Podcast, where we reveal short stories of an active, living God who shows up in everyday life. You paid the price for all the world and me. You paid the price for all the world to see. And for those who choose you now, Shalom. So you're talking about in the 80s was one way things have changed a lot. There's things are tough. There's a lot of tough stories out there. Your ministry is hope ministry. So do you see hope? Do you see I, I could guess what the answer is, but do you see hope? What is God doing in North, South Minneapolis now? What, how do you see him? I, th I think what has happened, and uh, I just re I just posted up uh, a couple days ago. I posted up so much, can't remember everything. But what I do notice is that um, since the 80s, and I just posted up on Facebook um, a couple days ago, I think, and I said something to the point of... Um, in the 80s is when it started, I believe, is when um, our young people uh, became not religious and not spiritual. And when that happened, all H-E-double-L broke loose. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have no covering over them. And so what happened is uh, now they have turned and made uh, their God drugs and the things that were were told to us by our parents was bad and don't do it now the internet and the news is publicizing okay this state over here has just legalized marijuana mm -hmm. now it's medical marijuana mm -hmm. so now everybody's got some kind of problem going to the doctor to get the medical marijuana. The devil is a lie. 
And so now our youth are, are, are being led by, administered to by what they hear on a CD or what they see on TV. Channel Zero is what I call it. <laughs> and uh, instead of what we tell them mm-hmm. and by what their peers, seeing what their peers are doing. And, um, and so what happens with me knowing this and that they're not going to the churches and they're not accepting any religion or, spirit or spirituality either, okay, then I have to come to them with something that's international which is hope. Because before anyone can accept or, or, or start practicing any religion or spirituality, they first need to know that there's hope. They need hope first. So that's where the hope ministry comes in. And, and years ago, when I first started uh, Hope Ministries in 1991 on the streets of Chicago, I said, God, these people are hopeless. And, and uh, um, people have come to them to try to bring religion and all this, and, and that's something that has to be learned and, mm-hmm. and, and studied too also, you know, but they, they, they're they not responding to that. I said, I need a ministry that is it's not about that. It's about the hope piece, bringing the hope piece to them and that God, I can be the living testimony and the example because, you know, they call Missouri the show me state. You know what I mean? You can't just tell them you got to show them. And so today, like we could be told back then, but now the youth of today, since the 80s, you got to show them. You have to show them continuously. It can't be just one day. It got to be continuously, you know, and, and, um, and if you think about it, if you think about Christ. You know, when, when Christ first came, just, just showing them something at first wasn't, wasn't it, was it? He had to continuously show them more and more and more. And and one of the most powerful things is even the people that was close around Christ who saw him do all these miracles, there was something about death. Okay, yeah, we see you do all that. We've seen musicians, no, magicians Mm -hmm. uh, do magic and stuff like that. So they tried to put him in the category of magic instead of miracles. Yeah. Right. And so if you notice those same people, okay, we're going to hang with you. Cause we, you know, you, you're a good guy. We see you can, you know, make water and <laughs> wine and, you know, take a loaf of bread and feed thousand, you know, they see. So, you know, our people are still out like that today. If you can feed them, they might not even like you or believe in you, but Hey, they're going to stick around you just because you got something that they can use. And so anyway, if you notice that in, in the end, when Christ uh, told them that, you know, he was going to leave, I'm going to leave. I got to leave you. You know, I know it's been cool hanging out with y'all, but <laughs> I showed y'all this and showed y'all that. You have no question. You, if you can't believe from right there being with you, see, we just reading stories. We weren't right there with Christ to see it. We read stories. There was disciples and people who right there who followed them yeah. doing stuff, you know, and so, uh, but they still, this thing about death, they always had to fear with the death, and they didn't have a belief about death until uh, till Lazarus, until, you know, he called Lazarus out, raised him from the dead. Now they're like, whoa, hold on now. Hold on now. Are you serious? But that was for somebody else, but they wouldn't believe that a person themselves could come back from the dead. They never saw that. And so he told them, I'm coming back. I'm like, yeah, okay. 
Whatever. Yeah, all right. We we know you've done all that stuff, but there is no way you're coming back from the dead. And if you notice that when Christ left, the people, they were done. We have no more Christ. Our Savior is gone. He, the Lord said he, he died. We saw him die. We knew that he wasn't coming back. So when he came back and he descended and they saw him, and I use this a lot, it's something that those same people still didn't believe. Like, hold on. No, there ain't no way. And the only reason that they finally believed him, he had to show him his scars. Why did I just use that? Now I, I got to catch myself from getting emotional. In 1991, we, uh, I met a chaplain at the Cook County Jail Correctional Center in Chicago. And I was doing street ministry, and I met him on the street. And he said, um, uh, Brother KG, I want you to come to the jail. And I go to the jail, and I minister to the brothers on death row there, the, the mm -hmm. inmates on death row. And I was like, wow, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He says, it's a tough crowd. He said, you willing to go? I said, yes. And I remember going into the Cook County Jail in Division One, and they called it, uh, what did they call it? Um, I forgot exactly what they called it. But anyway, we went in, there was about, about six or seven of us, different evangelists and ministers, and we go in, and these young men who were all chained up mm -hmm. in the chapel, their arms chained and they're chained up, and because they, they're on death row, you know, and sort of just waiting to go to court and then go to the prisons and sit on death row. And so uh, I'm like toward the end because I'm the new guy. So each person is going up and these inmates are chopping them up. Like, get out of here, man. You, you know, you don't know what we're going through. And they walk away. And the next person come up and they chop them up. And so me, back in the days, I wore suits and ties. If you saw me, you'd have thought I was a lawyer. And I had my briefcase with all my tracks. Remember the tracks mm -hmm. we used to always have? Yeah. And I had my Bibles and my tracks. I got all kind of different stuff in there. And so my turn to walk up. And so I get up and I'm like, oh, wow. And I you know, get ready to start talking. And they chopped me up so bad. And they go, man, you look like a college student. And you don't know what we're going through. And all I could think about at that time was Christ. And so what I did was I asked the chaplain, I said, Chaplain, is it possible that I can take off my shirt and my tie? I have a T-shirt on up under this. And he goes, why? I said, because I need to show them something. And so I took off my shirt and my tie and my suit jacket, and I walked back up. And as they could see my scar. And I used to think they were tattoos. When I first started Hope Ministries, I ran into a, a missionary on the, on the streets, and she said, well, minister, she goes, you, you know, you're, you're in the ministry now. She said, maybe you should remove your, your tattoos. And I said, you know what? You're right. Maybe I should. And I said, and I was planning on removing them. If I would have removed them, because I'm just thinking the tattoos, I'm not knowing they're scars that were put there for a reason because Because God is going to do something with you that they're not going to be able to see where you came from. 
And the only way you're going to be able to reach them is you're going to have to show them your scars. Because just telling them is not going to be enough. And when I showed these young, these men, they all turned around in their seats. They were in tears like, wow, how did you come from where we are, escape from where we are? They didn't believe it, huh? Not at first until I showed them my scars. I knew every gang chief because I used to be one. And when I talked to them, I knew. And I was telling them and the, the deception and, and everything. And I told them that. I, the devil, was wanting me to be chained up next to you. That was the plan. I was supposed to be where you are. But like some of you would not accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm. I said, but I want you to know you may be locked up here. But I believe that if you will turn your lives around and give God, it's in God's hands. He's the judge. I'm not the judge. I wasn't even a judge in the court. They only judged you to place you where you are now. Right. But many of you probably didn't even know any better. But like I'm saying, save me where I was. Gang bangers, all of that stuff. You know, I did the drugs, everything. And these men were in tears. But now they're listening. Because they see somebody with the same scars. But I'm on this side now. And so that's what made me uh, get to the uh, the part of uh, with Christ. And a lot of us are left with scars, and some are different, you know. And uh, but but uh, they're a testimony, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, I think I, I just posted up something the other day. I think that I posted up something. I think was that said scars are. Um, Scars uh, show where we've been, mm-hmm. but they don't determine where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's something like that, and uh, it's, it's it's something. You guys, I apologize. I I can't. It's hard for me to to speak and and to talk about different things without emotions coming up mm-hmm. because I see they're not sad. They're victorious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, overcoming. You know. Uh, you know, and it just lets me understand we are more than conquerors. That is so powerful. And then how he told the disciples when he was leaving, you know, when they said, Jesus, what are we going to do without you? Mm-hmm. And he said, you will do greater works than I. How, how is that possible to do greater works than, than I? Because you guys are, were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So you were made up of sin and were transformed through that sin to become something of righteousness. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There is so much power in that. You know, just just, just knowing uh, that the grandma and ma placed this, you know, the Bible used to be, they used to have that big gray, big one that you couldn't even pick up as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that yeah. pictures and everything in it, man. They placed that right there. It was always sitting there, and we ran and played and threw the ball and Alice and everything, the frisbee and that everything. But didn't even understand that that book, that big book right there, was life. That was your basic instructions before leaving Earth. And 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 
I don't, if you guys don't mind me saying this, because God always gives me, like, like uh, examples. Uh, when I wanted to, was figuring out, I was curious, and everybody was curious. Okay, we see B-I-B-L-E. What is that? And I was told basic instructions before leaving Earth, which made a lot of uh, sense. And uh, it made me think about, okay, well, why do we need basic instructions? And it made me think if we were to go right now to Menards or Walmart and we get, uh, uh, let's see, a, 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 a play set that goes in the yard or whatever, it's going to come disassembled in a great big box or in boxes and when we set everything down the first thing that we're going to do when we open it up is look for what instructions basic instructions why because we need to know how to put this thing together so that it will be right because it came here disassembled So God knew that this book of instructions was placed here because we came here disassembled, meaning we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So we needed some instructions because we came here disassembled because of what happened with Adam. Wow. That's amazing, man. Yeah. But it's so basic. It, it really is basic instruction. It's right there in your face. And we have to find a way to, to put that message out to people and to let them see it who may not be highly educated or whatever, to bring it down to a level where they can see it and understand it wherever they are, even children. Mm-hmm. And it is a must even more now for the churches to be filled with children than ever before. Because our children are exposed to uh, 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 the misinformation and the filth and, and the garbage that is going on through the internet from people who don't care. They just want you to view. They don't care what's on there. Now a kid can pick up a remote control now. Remember, we only had like, remember the turn the, the little dial to, we had like four channels, four or five channels. Yeah. I go back to when it was black and white. Yeah. Before remote control. I remember everybody had their day to hold the antenna. Yeah. With to put the aluminum foil on the antenna. And and, and somebody had we watching Soul Trade or or, or Barney what was, uh, what was it called? Andy Griffith show or you know, we they're holding this it was your day to hold the antenna. And everybody's watching TV, we're enjoying ourselves. We had no remote or nothing. Right. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> I took you back, huh? Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so, uh, and so, uh, yeah, but, but, uh, you know, it, that, uh, we gotta know that the, the word of God says, uh, study to show thyself approved, or workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. How does that happen? How does that happen? How does that, is something about, uh, 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 the scriptures, that will just embed itself inside of you. Where it's written. It's head. just like how people go and 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 like uh, how the 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 uh, people are afraid and they're fearless and so they put on bulletproof vests 
and they get the biggest gun they can, you know, whatever. They got a can of mace or whatever. Like, even our police officers, and I know what they're up against. I have much respect for you guys, and uh, you guys have a hard job dealing with what you have to deal with out there on the streets. But they have all of these different things, all these different things, and um, and it's it's uh, it, it it takes me back to everything that has to do in the natural. There's something in the spiritual that God has for that. And when like even me saying how them arming themselves and putting on all this stuff, to, and there's in Ephesians six, it says uh, 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 to put on the whole armor of God. And then their vest is the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. You know, this different thing, you know what I mean? And and it's something that says put on the whole armor. So God already knows that spiritually you're going to be in spiritual warfare because now you're over here with me against the enemy and his kingdom who is trying to destroy uh, God's kingdom whether it's children and, and, and adults. And so he says that. And, um, and then he goes to say that uh, to, to give us some knowledge of uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of the darkness, wickedness, principalities, you know, in high places. So he's kind of letting us know that you're not going to be able to do this in the natural. This is a spiritual war. So no matter what you try to do in the natural, that's not it. I'm telling you how to, how to do this. And he says what? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but for the pulling down of strongholds. Mm-hmm. Ain't that, that, that it's, it's, it's just, we got to read. We got to read. That's why he says study to show thyself approved. You got to study. You got to know. It's in that book. It's in that book. That book is here for a reason. It's your lifeline. I don't care whoever else makes all kind of books. Yep, they might be good. But that book right there is a lifeline. And, and me, I'm saying this as a personal testimony because I'm one of the people who, who uh, I don't just speak from what I read. I'm telling you what I read, but I have a personal experience. See, I've lived that. I've survived some things. I've been through some things. Uh, uh, and today, I, I, I try to live myself off of the warnings. There's so many warnings that God give us. So many people uh, in the Bible, back in the Bible days, who went through the same things we went through. It just goes around and around. The devil ain't got no new stuff. He just keeps doing the same thing. But if you don't know better, and you don't know who he is and his schemes and how he comes and goes, you're in trouble. That's why you need that book. Because there's no other ones to do that. It's this one. These people came across him. You know, this chump came to to Jesus. You know, like, come on, man. I know you. I know your daddy and everything, man. But come on over here with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, chump, you done lost your mind. I've been new about you long time ago. I don't care how beautiful you look or how good you sing. I ain't going for it. <laughs> you can look like Beyonce and sing like if you want. I ain't going for it. You ain't saved and feel. Bye. 
<laughs> I mean, that's serious, though. Yeah. So it just goes, you have to, you know, we need some people who can actually, we need ministers, missionaries, evangelists, who can speak to people where they are on all levels to make it plain to them to see things. Because some people can't do the this, the Tao, and all this. They can't do that. But take that same thing and just give it to them in basic information. Put it right before them because they see it, but they haven't never seen it or heard it that put that way before. So we're on a rescue mission. Yeah. We're on a rescue mission. I'm glad to be a part of that. We want to thank our guest, K.G. Wilson, peace activist at United in Peace Incorporated in Minneapolis. We want you to stay tuned for part three of KG Stories next time on Long Story Shortpodcast.com. It's really something how God. You know that we don't have power like that. You know when God, but you never know when he's going to do it. It's Christ. Christ knows. He knew she was coming. He knew who he needed her to go to because it wouldn't be about she got to wait till Sunday to come to church. No, I got somebody who's out on the street like I was. just the vessel. I'm the vessel, the humble servant like Christ. You can use me. I, I Just use me. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I don't care where I have to go, even if I'm going to die there. I tried to pray with her and just, you know, I could see that thing. I could see that thing. It was angry. That heroin demon spirit, it was angry, it was angry, man. And so I just started pleading the blood against the blood of Jesus against it and just letting her know that you could be free. That's not you, that's that that spirit that's inside of you, and it needs to come out. And you need to call, call on Christ right now. And she did that. You could tell that the heroin had her. But if you see her after, sometime after, after God had delivered, just a totally different person. A totally different person. And then, not only that, when he did that, she took that spirit back and all of her friends gave her life to Christ. <laughs> You know, and people can help you recover, but, but, but it takes Christ to deliver you and heal you. Thanks again for listening to another installment of Long Story, 
short podcast. We appreciate you, our listeners, for taking time to download, listen to, and tell us how the podcast has helped you see God taking an active role in your own story. And thanks for checking out the website, longstoryshortpodcast.com. You'll find direct links on the site to add the podcast to your iTunes player, to Stitcher, TuneIn, and to Google Play. You can help us by searching for longstoryshortpodcast.com in your favorite podcast player on your phone or tablet and adding us to your favorite playlist. By going into iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Google Play and rating our podcast and leaving a review, you participate in the story that God is telling. You will find us on Facebook and on Twitter at LS Short Podcast. The point of the podcast is to tell everyone about the glorious things God does. So thank you in advance for sharing, liking, and tweeting links to the story in your network. And thanks to Les Elias and the Sons of Evi for their music contributions. Check out links to their website in the show notes. Bye-bye. child chosen as a little child for my life to be him to get the glory out of my life and so there was no other way there was no man-made program or nothing going to get the glory out of my life I'd have been a dead man I know who he's making me into, and I might not be who I should be or who you think I should be, but 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 I'm nowhere near who I used to be. Amen. Mm-hmm.